Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Comorbid Conundrums. I'm your host, Sam. This podcast is not run by medical professionals and is not able to replace any kind of professional care or opinion. We recognize self-diagnosis as valid on this podcast and sometimes necessary for several neurodivergent conditions. However, this podcast or its host cannot diagnose you. Comorbid Conundrums is a podcast to help build community and awareness around living with mental illness and neurodivergent conditions. I am not a doctor, therapist, or any type of medical provider. I am simply a neurodivergent human sharing my experiences with my own conditions. So with that said, let's get into the podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to my very first episode of Comorbid Conundrums. I'm really, really happy to be here and to be starting this podcast and this new adventure. I'll start by introducing myself. My name is Sam. I'm a transmasculine, non-binary person. My pronouns are they, them, and he, him. I'm currently in college, and I run an Instagram page called Divergent Dino, if you want to check that out. Divergent Dino is spelled D-I-V-E-R-G-E-N-T-D-I-N-O. That's Divergent Dino. I talk about neurodivergent conditions and uh, advocacy on that page, so... Basically, everything I'm talking about here, I also post on my Instagram. So, yeah, go check that out. (laughs) I am neurodivergent, and I have several conditions under the neurodivergent umbrella. I am officially diagnosed with obsessive-compulsive disorder, borderline personality disorder, social anxiety, and major depressive disorder. I'm also in the process of getting diagnosed for a tick disorder of some kind and being evaluated for autism. So let's see, that's about six conditions that I've lived with for the majority of my life. Some of them were recent, but for the majority of my life, I've lived with anxiety, depression, possibly being autistic, OCD. It feels like the list never ends, but that's what this podcast is all about, living with comorbidities. If you don't know, A comorbidity is basically the presence of two or more diseases, medical conditions, or mental health conditions in a person. A lot of disorders or conditions are often connected and are commonly present together in someone. Kind of like Tourette syndrome and OCD, or anxiety and depression, or ADHD and autism. When you first start getting diagnosed for things, sometimes doctors like to pile on a bunch of diagnoses all at once, and other times doctors are hesitant to diagnose even more than one thing. But commonly, when someone has one disorder, it can often be linked to another. This is just from my own experience and from hearing experiences of other people with comorbidities. It can often be really difficult to get diagnosed for multiple things, though, especially when symptoms overlap. I have definitely been struggling with this Um, currently trying to get diagnosed for different things and finding treatment that works for me because sometimes it's difficult to figure out which symptoms are coming from which disorder. Living with multiple diagnoses and conditions is really, really difficult, and we're going to talk about that in this podcast. So for my first episode, I think I'm going to just talk about my own 
conditions and how they kind of connect with each other and also some of the dissonance that happens in my brain with having so many conditions. And I feel like that's often the case with people that have multiple neurodivergent conditions. Some of the time the conditions align and it feels like they're all working together to make your life miserable. And other times it feels like they're all working on their own thing in different ways and still making your life miserable. For example, anxiety and depression. I feel like those two conditions are very different in the nature of them, but oftentimes they are seen together in people. A lot of the times someone is diagnosed with anxiety and they are also diagnosed with depression and vice versa. This isn't always the case, but for the majority of people that I've met, a lot of the time they have both of these conditions. And it's very interesting because of the nature of these conditions, they're very opposite. I've heard anxiety described as very future thinking and more focused on fear of the future and what could happen. And depression is kind of more about the past and thinking about the bad things that happened in the past and kind of ruminating on things that did happen. And so when you have both these conditions, oftentimes you're pulled to either the present or the future. Sorry. <laughs> you're either pulled towards the past or the future and not the present. And, you know, the focus of treating anxiety and depression is, you know, focusing on the present and being content with what's happening right now. And that's a lot of mindfulness work that I've been working on as well. But it's just interesting to me how a lot of conditions that kind of go together also really work against each other, if that makes sense. And in my experience with my own conditions, sometimes it feels like it's really, really difficult to figure out which of my symptoms come from which disorders, if that makes sense. Like emotional dysregulation. I have a really difficult time managing my emotions, um, regulating them on my own, and kind of controlling them. And sometimes it's confusing. I don't know whether I'm experiencing emotional dysregulation because of my BPD, or if it's because I'm anxious about something, or if it's because of my autism and I'm overstimulated by something that I can't put my finger on. Um, or if it's depression, and sometimes emotional dysregulation can be caused by depression. And so having so many different diagnoses and so many conditions, it can almost feel impossible sometimes to get treatment because you don't know what symptoms are linked to what disorder. And every disorder has its own specific type of of treatment and help and that can be really overwhelming to try and figure out and in my own experience trying to figure out exactly what diagnoses I have or what labels and conditions I have has honestly become an obsession of mine and part of my OCD and so I'm really trying to not just focus on the label I have but focus more on the symptoms the symptoms aren't going away until I get treatment. 
And if we focus more on treating symptoms rather than treating a label, then I might actually get somewhere. But focusing so much on, do I have this condition or this condition? And does this symptom line up with this disorder? Or is it this one? And that can get overwhelming and exhausting. And focusing on that doesn't really get me anywhere, right? The symptoms are still there. I'm still struggling. I'm just not putting in any energy into fixing the symptom. I'm putting in energy into figuring out my condition. And I know a lot of people struggle with that especially with imposter syndrome and feeling like your symptoms aren't valid enough if you don't have a label. And honestly, that is just perpetuated by society and we should not feel like our struggles and our symptoms are invalid because we don't have an official diagnosis or we don't have a label, or we can't figure out what's causing our symptoms, but they're still there. No one should feel invalid for having struggles and not be able to get a label or diagnosis for it. So, on this podcast, I definitely um, support self-diagnosis in certain certain, um, circumstances. And I want to be very careful with talking about self-diagnosis because it can get very heated and oftentimes people will get really, really angry at people that claim to be self-diagnosed and medical professionals specifically do not like self-diagnosis. A lot of them don't um, because um, because of their, you know, training and uh, in these conditions and I think that if it's possible to get an official diagnosis, I think that is probably the best um, for getting treatment. With self-diagnosis, it can be very, very difficult to get treatment, especially medication. It's almost near impossible. Um, But sometimes getting a professional diagnosis is not available to everyone, especially if you know, the doctors in your area are ableist or sexist or working with information that's outdated. Um, or if the doctors in your area are racist. And there's so many different factors that go into getting a diagnosis um, that a lot of people don't really realize until they're faced with it. And I've faced a lot of ableism in trying to get my own diagnoses. And um, it's, it's very difficult to get a diagnosis. So um, I will say that on this podcast, we do recognize self-diagnosis as valid. Um, but I also want to say that if it's possible and if it's in your best interest, meaning you need treatment, um, I would say go for the professional diagnosis and get the treatment that you need to live your life to its fullest capacity. Okay, so I'm going to talk about my own conditions, um, a little bit about what I deal with, um, not on a regular basis, but kind of more generally, and, um, just talking about how my comorbidities, um, function with each other and how sometimes they make me unable to function, (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna get right into it. All right, so I've already said that I've been diagnosed with OCD, BPD, multiple anxiety disorders, and depression. And I'm also currently in the works of getting diagnosed with a tick disorder that I recently realized I had, but didn't know until a recent flare-up. And uh, getting evaluated for autism, which has been a complete... (laughs) That's a story for another episode, I think. But I'm going to talk about how my OCD, BPD, depression, anxiety um, kind of work together on a more general basis. I've had OCD and social anxiety since I was probably third or fourth grade. Um, My earliest memories, I remember being very socially anxious, mainly because I didn't know how to act and I didn't know what other people's um, intentions were. I didn't know what really was going on socially. Um, Once I ended up finding uh, another kid to kind of cling to and follow their footsteps, I I just did whatever they did. Um, And my social anxiety hasn't really gotten any better as I got older. In fact, it probably got worse during high school um, in the past couple years during COVID, um, especially being inside a lot and not having a lot of social interaction. I think my social anxiety has definitely gotten worse. Um, I've had OCD since I was probably third or fourth grade. I remember um, very vividly having intrusive thoughts during class and not being able to move because I was scared I was going to um, pee on the floor or embarrass myself or throw a pencil at the teacher. And, you know, those intrusive thoughts were terrifying to me as a child and I didn't talk to anyone about it because I kind of thought it was normal to have intrusive thoughts and not be able to move because you're so anxious that you're going to do those things. So I didn't honestly know I had OCD until this year and um, it's kind of been a relief for me to be diagnosed with OCD because Now I know I don't have to live with those obsessions and intrusive thoughts forever. I know there's treatment and I'm starting my treatment soon, so I'm very, very excited about that. Um, But for a long time, OCD has pretty much ruled my life and I didn't even realize it. Um, Anxiety has been a huge, huge part of my life. Um, But hopefully with therapy and medication, um, I'm starting to hopefully see a change, and I can talk more about that in another episode as well. BPD. Um, I was diagnosed with BPD as well this year. For the past two years, I definitely thought I had BPD before I was even diagnosed. I did a lot of research, and I was like, this really matches what I'm going through. I have the, I have the splitting. I have the anger. I have the favorite person. I have the fear of abandonment. And to be honest, it's difficult right now because even looking at my symptoms of BPD, I see them linked to my trauma or I see them linked to depression or I see them linked to, you know, other things. And I'm, it's, I was diagnosed in the hospital with BPD. And even though I was diagnosed, it still feels like I have to figure out 
exactly what caused the BPD or have to figure out what exactly these symptoms are coming from. And that can be really difficult with having so many different diagnoses and trying to figure out treatment for those things. Um, But my BPD definitely showed up, um, I would say, late high school um, after some traumatic events in my family and dealing with a lot of depression, anxiety, fear, um, moving out. And I think that's kind of what sparked it. I was also 18 and 19, which is kind of when BPD symptoms start to emerge. And you can't even get diagnosed with BPD until you're over 18, I think it is. But that's kind of when my symptoms started. Um, So it's been a couple years since I've been dealing with those very intense emotions and splitting episodes of um, you either hate me or you love me. And, you know, if you know what splitting is, then you know how detrimental that can be to your relationships and even your own, like, mental health. Um, So dealing with that has definitely increased my depression and my anxiety because Um, I know I have certain tendencies to be impulsive or to latch onto people very heavily and that can cause me to kind of stay away from people because I'm scared I'll hurt them or I'm scared I'll be too clingy and they won't like me. And so a lot of my BPD symptoms contribute to my social anxiety and my kind of avoidance of social situations. Um... So, yeah, those are kind of how a lot of my symptoms work together. I mean, I have chronic depression, chronic anxiety, and um, sensory sensitivities to the moon. (laughs) And um, so I'm working on getting diagnosed with autism um, because I feel like a lot of my symptoms can be, um, and even just personality characteristics, how my brain functions and how I think, A lot of it can be attributed to autism, and I feel like getting that diagnosis will help me categorize the rest of my diagnoses and conditions and kind of help me process um, my childhood and kind of help me, you know, figure out what is exactly is going on in my brain and how I can move forward and seek treatment and help and resources. So, um, this is kind of a new era in my life of finally trying to figure out, you know, what's, what is best for me. And I'm, even though I'm an anxious mess and I have so much further to go in my treatment in BPD and OCD and depression, um, um, I, I feel like I'm kind of starting to move forward and I'm very excited about that. And I feel like my Instagram page and my podcast now. (laughs) Very excited about this. Um, I feel like it's just a way for me to express myself in ways I've never been able to express myself before and find a community that actually understands me and I feel like and that I don't have to mask around and I'm very very happy with the community I've built with my Instagram page and I hope to build an even bigger community with this podcast and I hope that you guys can Um, find a community here too and find people that you connect with and don't feel alone with and don't feel like you have to hide who you really are 
Um, so I really hope this podcast and my Instagram and all of the things that I'm <laughs> planning on doing and I hope to do one day, you know, I hope it um, is a safe space for you. And if it's ever not a safe space, you know, please reach out to me because I never want someone to feel invalidated um, in the space that I'm trying to create. So please, if you have any concerns, questions, um, or just want to talk, please reach out. I can't promise I'll always respond because, um, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of stuff on my own. And I think everyone understands that people have their boundaries and bandwidth and <laughs> energy levels. So if I don't respond to you right away, just please be patient and I'm doing my best to try and respond to you. Um, yeah. If you like this podcast and want to keep supporting me, please go to my Instagram page, Divergent Dino, and be sure to give me a follow. You can also click on the link in my bio. It's a link tree. And there are several ways you can show your support for me and my page and this podcast. Thank you so much for your support and for all of the love you guys give me. I feel so incredibly validated and so connected with you guys and this neurodivergent community. So thank you guys so much and thank you for showing me all the love and support you do. All right, I think I'm going to wrap up today's episode mainly because I'm running out of words and the things I want to say could be episodes by themselves because they are so in-depth. So I think I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I know it was kind of short, but um, it was just kind of a Kickstarter episode to get things rolling. Um, thank you again for listening. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, I would be really open to that. Um, you can send me a message on Instagram. If you are living with conditions or disorders that I don't have and would like to share your experiences with people listening to the podcast, um, I would love to have you as a guest on here. We can talk about um, your experiences versus my own experiences and, you know, share things about conditions that I don't have. And I think that would be a great way to spread uh, awareness and build community on here. So if you'd like to be a guest, please send me a message and I will respond to you. Thank you so much again for listening um, and stay tuned for the next episode. Bye!